mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, have an hour left of today's show. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Labor Day will be next weekend, and then don't forget the following weekend we will be out at the American Legion. Uh, we have a remote there. There's a big car show going on, 9959 Old Wadsworth Boulevard. We'll have that details on the website coming up as well, but that'll be September 11th. And the following weekend, September 18th, we'll actually be out at the Sons of Italy for their big car show as well, got a question by the way a moment ago on what is the little booster pack, you know, jump box we recommend that Napa sells. It's a ES400 made by Clore Automotive, and Napa sells those. They're in stock. They're around 130 or 40 bucks or so. It'll be the best money ever spent. Yep. As long as you have it, you'll be good to go. Uh, also, somebody also sent in that Acadia is at the end of the Appalachian Trail. It's a park, national park as yeah. well. So that's the other thing that Acadia means. Now, I want to jump back into real quick. We were talking at the end there with Luke on the you know, vehicle that was stalling in the module and the MSD and so on. <clears throat> I want to explain yeah. a couple of things on aftermarket, not aftermarket, upgraded aftermarket parts. Am I against all of them? No. There is a, a place for, you know, aftermarket upgraded parts. It depends on what you're doing, what you're trying to accomplish. And believe me, I sold those things for a very, very long time. That's what I did in my off-road stores, and we did performance upgrades, and we did all sorts of things. Probably not, not exaggerating, folks, but we did as much of that on a, you know, two-store basis. At that time, for the length of time I did it, we did as much of that as anybody in town did. Not not exaggerating. We or just, more. We, or more. We did yeah. enough volume where, yeah. uh, you know, and we did a lot of it. And what I will tell you is this. It's not always bad. But what you're doing is you're taking a stock vehicle. You are then modifying it to meet a specific need of yours. Mm-hmm. And when you do so, there is always repercussions of. So. Yeah. We'll use the example of a lift kit. Okay, you've taken all the suspension off. You put a higher suspension on it. You put bigger tires and wheels on. Great, fine, dandy, no issues there. Although you've changed the entire way that truck works, drives, handles, yeah. everything about mm-hmm. it. Not saying it's bad, but it's not stock. And with that comes other issues, potentially, almost always, down the road from what you have right now with a stock vehicle. Same is true with ignition components. Now, real quick on ignition components. Literally, folks, if you're driving anything that's 25 years or newer, probably 30 years or newer, the factory ignition system and what came on the vehicle, unless you've got something that's supercharged, higher horsepower, you've rebuilt the engine and done some things to it, you put a different camshaft in it, on down the line we go, unless you've done some of those things... There's nothing wrong with the stock ignition system. Nope. Nothing at all. Zilch. And and some of these, like this last caller, it was 257,000 miles. 
Why watched, are you changing it? Yeah, I would have. You're not gaining anything by putting high-end spark plugs. No. By the way, you might even lose some things at that point. You're not gaining anything by putting an MSD coil in it. You're just not, folks. You're not gaining enough to merit spending the extra dollars at those cost over what the original parts are. Again, on a vehicle that's got 200,000 plus miles on a factory setup. Right. You're not gaining. And by right. the way, I would have told you that if the vehicle has 50,000 miles. Yeah. Unless you're doing something different with the engine and the vehicle and you're trying to make more power through some of the means I said a moment ago, you're not helping yourself. In fact, you might be hurting yourself. And yeah. if you need that much more power, you probably should have bought a different vehicle with a little bit more horsepower. Well, and I don't know. <clears throat> how you guys but every time we've gone using something different aftermarket this is supposed to be the hot deal we've had more problems with spark plugs especially as far as yes misfires yes yes uh, oh yeah. yes you're correct no in, uh, in starting, fact no, jeff you are that. You are spot on, and it's why we, even on this program, have for years now told you that when it comes to drivability and things that are going along those lines, when it comes to actually getting your vehicle to run properly, keep the check engine light off, yeah. all of those sorts of things, you've heard us say many, many, many times, please leave the vehicle alone, put the exact stock plugs yep. back in it that it came with, so on and so forth. There's a reason we tell you all that. It's not because we don't like the other brands of spark plugs. So in other words, car comes with Champion. It's not that we don't like Autolite or we don't like NKG or we don't like Nipendenzo or no. on and on we go. No, no, no. The point is put back in it what the vehicle came with. That's all we're saying. Uh, and I experienced that when I first started. Um, I was working on a 240 that wouldn't start, mm -hmm. and it came in from the mountains. It was towed in. And this old timer comes up to me and he goes, go put NGKs in that. It's got spark plugs in it. Or it's got, um, yeah, it's got um, whatever uh, champions Auto in it. Auto champions, yeah. right. Auto it had champions. champions and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I take all the spark plugs out. They're all brand new. Yeah. I go to the counter. I get the NGKs. I put those things in. It fired right up. Yeah. Well, me, I have to make sure that's right. I took all those plugs back out. I put the, the, those other the champions back in. It wouldn't, it wouldn't start. Yeah. <laughs> It is yeah. that critical. That. I, I don't know how many times we had misfire issues yep. or drivability yep. issues because we didn't use what it yeah. came with. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if you go buy the one that, you know, Nissan had this one plug that had four yeah. to, to fire better. I'm trying to think of the name of it. It was a oh. Q number. The, the, what were those things called? Surefire. Yeah, those things were, yeah, Surefire. Surefire. They were junk. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I tried way. putting them in my Datsun 720. It wouldn't run right. Yeah. I took them out, threw them away, put the regular plugs back in it, ran great. It was, yeah. was it Surefire? Was that the name of those spark plugs? Am I thinking that correctly? I don't think they were They're Surefire. They're NGKs. They, they were something else. No, they weren't. They were their own brand. Yeah. Well, they These had. were their own brand. No, were Nissan those? had one. Those They had it in a high miler car, yeah. a 210 high miler. Yeah. Anyway, I will look that up, and I've got a story to go along the lines of what Dennis just said on my own as well that I'll get to. So let's talk to Mark and Wiggins, though, first. Mark, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm actually calling from uh, Florida. Going to be going to the Coca-Cola 400 tonight. Nice. Nice, yeah, Mark. I'm good job. Super excited about that. Yeah. And SpaceX is going to have a rocket launch to the International Space Station at 3.14 in the morning, so I'm going to try to go over there and watch that, too. But You are the man. You guys are talking about names that I don't like, and, and one of them that popped in my head was Echo. <laughs> is what? Echo. Echo. What, what, e oh, is Echo. that a car? Yeah. 
Okay. What, yeah. Why would you Why would you call a car an Echo? Okay. Well, what What car? Who made this? I don't, I don't know that name for some reason. An mm-hmm. Echo. E C C O. What? I think it's E C H O. I believe. I think it's a Toyota, isn't it? Or is it E E C O? I think it. Yeah, it's a Toyota. It's an E E C O. Yes, it's it's. Yeah, you're right. It's E. E-E-C-O, and it is a t- little Toyota, a little short van. I yeah. don't know why you'd call it that. Good question. Sorry, yeah, I misspelled that. That's okay. I do have a question. So uh, I've got a, uh, a vehicle that I was thinking about doing some modifications, and I was told years and years ago that a V8 engine requires back pressure to run at peak performance. Is that true? Every engine requires a little bit of back pressure to run at peak performance. How much varies on the engine. What kind of induction system does it have? Is it turbocharged, supercharged, so on and so forth? But, yes, every engine needs a you – know, keep in mind, an engine's nothing more than a big vacuum pump. So we we have to keep a certain amount of pressure in there to make things work properly. In other words, you can't have an engine just flowing free because in doing so you have no back pressure at that point and it actually doesn't help engine performance and and by the way everything i'm talking about there have been engineers and companies that have worked on this and have dinked with it and still are by the way mark and i don't know if anybody has the exact science of it figured out i mean every exhaust company out there will tell you something a little bit different and they've got a little different claim to fame with their setup and on and on we go but you know that's why companies used balance tubes back in the day between you on a dual exhaust and on and on we go yes this is a big topic that i'm not sure anybody has the exact answer to got it okay because that I saw on this vehicle, I just purchased a uh, 1978 K20 off of an estate uh, for like 750 bucks, and I'm going to call it Norm. Nice. Because the previous owner's name was Norm. Okay. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to have to chase uh, all kinds of paperwork to get the title done. But anyway, it's got, um, it's got the factory manifold, but then it comes straight off to glass packs and then a downpipe and it sounds cool i actually got it to fire up it has been sitting for 10 years uh it's got a little tick so i'm guessing maybe some valves are sticking or a lifter but but i was just curious about the about the back pressure because those manifolds uh, will give you enough back pressure yeah. to where on that vehicle it really doesn't matter what you do on the rest of the exhaust because the manifolds are creating enough anyways if you put headers on it which i would not do no. But if you did, then you're getting a more free-flow free exhaust, and that becomes a little bit bigger issue. But that happens to be, Mark, a pretty forgiving engine all the way around in whatever you want to do with exhaust. And I will tell you, the freer flowing you get the intake and exhaust, the better that vehicle will run. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I had a vehicle in the past that I had put a crate engine into it with headers, and I wanted I wanted it to be loud, so I basically, instead of putting mufflers on it, just put a downpipe off of the uh, collector and had a lot of people really, really annoyed at me. Uh, but it sounded cool from about 10 miles away. Right. Um, sounded great, so but probably didn't run any faster than one that actually had exhaust on it. That's the other thing about those. Right. Yeah, that was back when I was 18 years old. Right. We don't um, care then. We're just looking for noise. Yeah. The louder it is, the faster it is. Right, Mark? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I like how the form fit of the stock manifold works. Yes, yes. yeah. And, and you don't have to mess around with the wires. No, nope. they always the, seal uh, the best. They always work the best yeah. when it comes to plug wires. They are not the best performing, but they do work well for everything else you just said. 
Perfect. That's all I wanted to know. Thank you. You're a good man, Mark, and have fun today. That's great. We're envious. So uh, get to watch a space launch and also go to the NASCAR race. How can you, man? That's a pretty good weekend. That's a good weekend. Can't argue that. No. And uh, okay, so real quick, I got to go to break. Um, Oh, I do too. Somebody said they hate the name Stellantis. Sounds like an arthritis drug. It sounds like a <laughs> drug for not, you know, not being able to have an erection or something, folks. I mean, it's like like Pfizer came up with the Stellantis name. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm dead serious. I I I, I was gonna say that one on my as I was on the way in today, and I was you know kind of going through in my mind what names do I or do not you know do I or do I not like, and I have respect for what's gone on it. You know, Chrysler and FCA and everything they've done. And now, you know, the Peugeot brand, which is Stellantis coming on board and all that. And I get it. I just don't understand the name. I don't get it. I don't even know what the name means. I guess I'll have to look that one up because I have no idea. But there's a lot of funky names. That is the question of the day, by the way. Which car names do you not like, do you love, and do you not understand? And every manufacturer seems to have one or two, or three, or half or a ten. dozen, <laughs> yeah. or in some cases, the whole line. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Another, another one I don't understand, and I hate to pick on Nissan here, but I will for a moment. Go ahead. The whole, inf- the whole infinity line of naming their cars, I don't understand. Infinity? Infinity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. The Q this, the G yeah, that, I, the, I, I just, and I don't understand it. I look at one, and it drives by, I'm like, okay, what was that, a G37? Okay, I guess that's a two-door coupe. With maybe a 3.7 liter engine, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, again, there's nothing to their cars other than just a number. You know, it's funny because if you look up Nissan, they have certain names here, and then the same oh, yes. car in oh, Japan yes. is oh, something yes. else. Yes, they will yeah. all do that. By the way, yeah, yes. yeah they all do that. They too. all do that. So, yeah. all right, we'll yeah. be right back. Mike and Nevada has some car names as well. Don't go anywhere. Drive Radio KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. 
If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, Drive Radio KLZ 560. A couple of car names before we take Mike and Arvada and Craig, you're waiting as well. Somebody texted and said their favorite is Legacy GT. Subaru, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad name. CJ5. That's still the number, though. It's like Yeah, but it... It meant something? It's, it's just because you know it does. Well, I mean, it just... Because <laughs> you know... You say, know. You say CJ5 yeah. and it's... You know what it is. Well, you know what a CJ7 is, too. You yeah. know what a Wrangler is. CJ8. You know what a Bronco is. Yeah. And somebody said, why would you name a car a Gremlin? <laughs> AMC. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why you'd name it, it a Gremlin. Like one. I don't know why you'd name it, it a Gremlin. Said, yeah. Anyways, Mike in Arvada, what's going on? Hi, guys. How are we doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing excellent. Excellent. Uh, on your uh, topic, uh, what really is all kind of struck me is uh i grew up in the time some super gear head for it uh 60s muscle cars i think the probably the biggest genius stroke was uh mopar uh with roadrunner yeah you had kids growing up in that time and i was like i said i'm that age group that the 60s cartoon was you know yep beep beep big (laughs) yep even with the horn yep you're oh, right. Yeah. yeah, and that, and then the, the yeah, the, the symbol on the, the yeah. sticker on the on the body with Roadrunner. Yep. And I thought that was a stroke of marketing genius. Well, you know, I and, mean, and to give Ford credit and Iacocca, Mike, and on the Ford side, you know, Mustang. When that car came out, think of the yeah. name Mustang. Think what it meant. And and one of the best names I think Ford's ever had for a vehicle. And why they can't do that over again is beyond They're me. They're losing the market. They, sure. they have not been able to make another name like Mustang since. No. If they came back Bronco, with that, maybe the Bronco was yeah. along those lines. But, but they should come back with the Mustang. Well, they do. But I mean, really, come now back. they have that funky Mustang mock crappy electric oh. ugly looking thing they drive around in. No, that's. By the way, as far as electric cars go, that's one of the ugliest electric cars there's made. Yeah. I think <laughs> they're missing the market on it. Just saying. My my son and I, by Curse the way, argue on that. Richard thinks that car is great. I think it's ugly. I'm with you. It's ugly. Curse you, John. Curse you, John. You stole my thunder. Sorry. I was going to bring in. <laughs> I saw one driving. I, I saw one the other day going down the road. And here's my – you can chime in, Mike, but here's my beef with that car. From the side, not a bad-looking car. From the back end, just like a Tesla, is the one of the ugliest cars on the road. Why these electric <laughs> vehicle manufacturers cannot make a car look good from the back end is beyond me. But they're ugly. It's like they get to the back and they go, ah, oh, let's just put this up. It's just ugly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny you mention that. I just at a car show last weekend, and I've got my mom's, the epitome, 65 Stang. Nice. And a guy came in, uh, he brought he brought in uh, a white, uh, the E-type uh, Mustang, and the guy was cool. He understood me and another guy, guy another guy that uh, I've just been talking to has, has a 65 Fastback. And we both went over and talked with him, and you know, I mean, the performance is amazing on those things. Oh, yes. But I, and he agreed that, yeah, it wasn't, it 
it stole the the glamour from the whole the, the, the ancestors of it. Uh, but he was cool, you know. He, he acknowledged that. And, well, um, and again, though, and, and not you know, he's an owner of it, and that's fine. I have nothing, nothing. To, I mean, again, I'm a car guy. You know, I'll, I'll advocate for almost every car and its use and so on. But I don't understand why Ford felt the need to steal the old mock series yeah. Mustangs and then go on this EC. I, I, I don't understand the mentality of that, Mike. Why not just name it what it you know name it something of its own because it is something oh. of its own. It's not a Moss, yeah. It's not a Mustang Mach One. It's an yeah. SUV. No. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally concur, John. You know, I and I give uh, I give Chevy GM credit with the Bolt that that fits that fits it does. the you know the electric. It, it does. Although here's my complaint with that one, which I have all the time, and this I'll just say I like it is they do the Volt to begin with, which is a V as in Victor. And then they do the bolt, which is a B as in boy. And when you say those two things, unless you're very distinct on air, no one knows what you're talking about. Right. Right. <laughs> Agreed. It's so stu- Again, but, so dumb. Why yeah. Why do these companies not have any foresight when they name names of cars? Oh, I, I agree. I, you know, and to me, it's, it's kind of the same mindset that the, the styling of modern cars, uh, there's not, you know, there are, they're a glob, and it's the same mentality with the names. You know, they just, they, I think they've, they've kind of burned up their uh, dictionary of uh, unique car names. You know, that's kind of the mentality. Probably. You know, here's something interesting so, on, you know, on the uh, the E-Series Mustang, Mike, that I also find very interesting because I didn't really notice this until I actually was driving behind one, how actually ugly it was. But if you look at every promo piece for that car, there are very few straight-on rear views of no. that car in publication anywhere. There's, a, there's an angle view of the rear, but you'll never find a Mustang E with a direct behind-it yep. picture. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, he, yeah, he backed up into, into me and this other... Uh, first generation owner, and yeah, he you know he acknowledged that they shouldn't have. They it was a hook. It was a, it was a gimmick that you know they're they're tapping on the glory and the long deserved glory of the Mustang sixty five on up sixty four and a half on up, and he acknowledged that he was cool. You know, uh, and he didn't name it. It's not his fault. I mean, it's just, it's just it is what it is. I mean, I again, yeah, I would not yeah. not buy a car because of the name. You know, I'm going to buy a car based on its functionality, what it does for me, you know, personally, and so on. But I, I don't understand. Again, I don't understand why they named it that, and I don't understand why the back end's so ugly. <laughs> you know, all I can think is, you look who's coming into power executive positions. Yes. With GM Ford. Yes. I mean, with all car makers. Yes. They're millennials. They have no sense of automotive history. They hell, they have no sense of real world history, as far as I'm concerned. But especially, <laughs> particularly with automobiles, they don't know. The background that you know that the the you know the uh, the basis of Camaros, Mustangs, Challengers, you know Chargers. I mean, come on. Now, to me, the modern day Challenger Charger is uh, an abomination compared to a sixty for a first gen second generation Chargers. That is not the same car. No, they're sorry. no, they're not even close. The Challenger uh-huh. they did a really good job that. on the the Charger. Oh, no, yeah. they did not because they held to the looks. They updated it, but they held to the looks. They didn't, uh, you know, a four-door cha- charger is not a charger. I'm sorry, no matter how you spin yeah, it, it's not. not a charger. <laughs> you know, and it, if I, you know, I won't take up the rest of you. I, I just had a couple more things with, these are probably luck out sort of things. Mustang Sally, 
that happened and you know that promoted the original mustang and carol shelby with the uh, hey little cobra that coincided with mm-hmm. with uh, with carol coming out with his supercar right you know it does it but uh, to me the roadrunner was the epitome of marketing genius they just tapped into the right thing at the right time with the right amount of kids who were coming into driving age it was just genius really yep. was yep yep and that's all i had guys no you're a good man i appreciate it mike uh, great great comments as well thank you so much let's do this we're, we're at the bottom of the hour for a break craig i'll give you plenty of time that way hang tight uh, kent and lakewood as well you guys hang tight we'll come right back drive radio klz 560 home values are rising 8 10 and 13 percent in some areas Trying to buy it but keep missing? Take AIM to show you how to make sure you're at the top of the list. Don't think you have the money to cover appraisal gaps? Let us show you options. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001. We know how to help. Rates will continue to stay low. Values will continue to increase. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many have refinanced out of their 30-year mortgage and now have rates in the twos. Lower payment, shorter term, and they're saving thousands. Are you paying more than 3% on your debt? Convert those to a lower rate and keep more of your money. 720-895-0500. Self-employed and been told you don't qualify? Nonsense. There are many options. Talk to us and see why we've been helping those self-employed for years. Our customer service is unmatched in Colorado. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. NMLS 298191. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck, we can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. You need more comfortable temperatures in your home now, not six months from now. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air has air conditioning units in stock, ready to install. Worldwide production shortages of raw materials and electric parts have caused delays for HVAC manufacturers. 
To give you an example, one local distributor placed an order in January that finally arrived a couple of weeks ago, six months later. Delays like this in the supply chain give local family-owned companies another chance to prove themselves. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air rises above the competition by displaying prompt professionalism in every area of their business. Their parts guy, a retired Marine, stays on top of orders, maintaining good relationships with suppliers. Thanks to their reputation for reliability, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air continues to offer 24-hour service seven days a week. Call or text now for an AC install and get what you called for. 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. All right, Drive Radio, we're, we're back. Dennis Brewster, Jeff Kitty with me. All right, somebody texted in. Question of the day. The fact Chrysler had or has the Pacifica come out with a new model and called it the Voyager. They should have called it the Atlantica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Uh, somebody else said that uh, another weird name would be, was the, and it still is, auto car for big trucks. Yeah. Because auto car is not. A car, it's semi. Yeah. Craig and Wheatridge, you're up, sir. Hi, John. How are we doing? I'm going to try to redeem myself for my poor performance last night. <laughs> you did fine. It was all right. Okay, speaking of the Charger. Yes. I, I do like the front end on a Dodge Charger. If you're looking at what, what those driving lights they have on uh -huh. that, and if you're Agree. looking at like the uh, SRT package, and, and you see one of those coming up behind you, it's a pretty evil-looking car from the front end. It is. I think the point was it doesn't look like the original Charger at all. And then as to the shape of all, all the cars, you know what that's being dictated by, wind tunnel testing yes. and, and yep. aerodynamics and fuel economy. And True. As long as they keep pushing up those fuel economy rating, you know. Uh, Cafe ratings. Standard, yes. We're going to, you know, everything is going to look. Very similar. Well, in and a as lot I of said, ways. I've said this in you know past weeks, and I'll keep saying it, and I've verified this even with some of the guys from the last press event I was at. If you're looking to buy a big, powerful V8, you know, gas guzzling, which they're not, but you know, gas sucking V8 that sounds mean and, and runs really, really well, you better do it now because I doubt if in the not too distant future they're no longer around. Right. And then, as far as ugly electric cars, the most ugly one I can think of is that Tesla Cybertruck. It has not a very good-looking truck. What, if that goes into production, I'll be surprised, but it, it may just... Yeah, he was supposed to be out with that by now, by the way. Another one of his uh, unfulfilled promises. Sorry. And then... He just, he just can't, then, he can't deliver on what he tells everybody he's going to do. Right. And then, you know, when you... Marketing, you question the marketing people when they come up with names. Okay, Toyota came up with Toyota Racing Development. TRD. Which which a lot of the trucks have TRD on the back, and all I can think of is turd. It's like, <laughs> could, 
Could you not have come up with something better than TRD? <laughs> yeah. I never thought of it yeah. that way. That's and good. Now, every, now every one of those I see, that's what I'm going to think, Craig. Thanks. Or, Thanks for that imagery. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to completely go there, but I Well, did. and what they've done with it is what, you know, General Motors has done with, uh, you know, the ZR2 and Ford's done with their FX and so on. I mean, they just put this extra little whatever on it, branded a little differently, up the price a good 1500 bucks, and it's all profit for the most part. And then uh, a show I don't—I know you have top, some days where you call in with your favorite uh, reality show. I sometimes, even the guy is, even though the guy that owns the business is a little quirky, is Graveyard Cars, mm-hmm. because his knowledge of Mopar stuff is amazing. And then he has a little question, you know, a little quiz. He'll he'll throw a multiple choice quiz question at you and see if you can answer it. And he was talking about the Plymouth GTX that the GTX stood for absolutely nothing. It, it was just, a, again, a, a series of letters hmm. to put on a car. Hmm. And then he also talked about, you know, the origin of the Roadrunner name, how they didn't really have it authorized with, you know, the... the Powers economy. of B? Yes. I mean, they, they initially they only had a black and white uh, decal of the Roadrunner cartoon character because they had not been authorized uh. by... Who, had, who, who owned it back then? Who, who was uh, Charlie? Do you know who was Roadrunner back in the day? Who would have been in charge of the logo in that? Uh, Charlie yeah. says Warner Brothers, probably. Right, and then once you know they understood that it was a good cross promotion, I, I guess they got the authority to use a fully colorized decal on the, right. the Roadrunner. Right. But yeah, you know your Demon, your Gremlin, you know they were. Uh, it, and then, you know, all the color combinations, you know, the wild colors, yep. teams. Yep. It, uh, Chrysler was always good for, Mopar was Chrys- good for putting on lots of scoops and aero stuff on things. And it, it really kind of set them apart from uh, all the other car makers. I mean, I've never been a big Mopar fan, but, um, you know, they it definitely, when you think of one of those 70s muscle cars, you you you, know, you think of a lot of those come to mind. True. Very true. You're right. But that's all I had. Good stuff, Craig, as always. I appreciate it very much. Okay, a couple other names I'm going to throw at you, which I never could understand. The Subaru Brat. Yeah. Why would you name your car that wants to be a truck a Brat? Yeah, because it wanted to be a truck, and it could never be a truck. (laughs) So it was a Brat. So it was a Brat. How about, and this one's still made today, the Honda Fit. Fit for who? Yeah. Not for many, because it's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> or the Honda Element, by what the way. As well. what, what element do you need to be in to drive this car? Stoned? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's ugly. It's really ugly. Well, there's a lot of people that made ugly cars. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We, we could what, have that one day. The, what was the Toyotas? They um, had those little... Scion? Scions. Oh, those are the ugliest... Oh, well, the, the cube that yeah. even Andy said earlier. Yeah, yeah. the cube. And yeah. then the, actually Trooper had a refrigerator that used to drive down the road. Remember that boxing-looking mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. Looked like a refrigerator driving down the yeah, highway. That's exactly it. All right, Kenton Lakewood, you're up, sir. Yes, sir. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, question on Octane. Yes. Uh, I have a small block 350 mounted with two four barrels, uh, 600 CFMs, and it runs good. It doesn't pre-ignite or do anything. But I was wondering 
how high of an octane can you run through a vehicle before it gets re- damaged, I guess? Depends on how much it's detonating. If no detonation, no damage. If it starts to detonate, then that's an issue, yeah. which means you either oh. have to take timing out of it or go to a higher octane or, or, or. Okay. I've been using 100, and I thought that was... It runs really good on that, but I didn't know if you could step up a few or if you wanted to. No, or not. you're not going to hurt anything to step up, just other than your pocketbook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Money, money. You know? Other than that, I mean, really, honestly, Kent, other than that, you could put Avgas in it or even full VP racing fuel if you wanted yeah. to. None of that's going to hurt anything. It's just a matter of how much per gallon do you want to spend. Yeah, yeah they have fuel up at Vandermeer's. It's called Blue Fuel. Uh-huh. Right. I don't know how. Uh, much octane that's in that. So. Uh, and there's probably uh, there's probably different grades of it. Even like with VP, there were different grades of it as well. You'd probably okay. have to look and see which one. You know, and, and I don't know because I, I don't know what they're what they're running on that. So they can tell you though. Okay, I just wanted to know if that would hurt anything if I stepped up. No, a no, bit. no, not not one bit. And uh, what, what compression uh, engine is it, by the way? Oh, probably 10 to 1. Well, 10 to 1, you don't really need, I mean, you're 100. You might notice a little bit of difference going to a little bit higher octane. You could run a little more, you know, timing in it. But with 10 to 1, you're not going to see huge gains by going up in in octane. Where you get the biggest gains is the higher compression engines. You can run a higher octane. You can advance the timing, which then gets, you know, that's where the additional power potentially comes from, Kent. But in your case, a 10 to 1, the 100 is probably more than you need even. Okay. So nitromethane's out, huh? Nitromethane, unless you've got the right engine configuration, as you know, is definitely... It's a very cool fuel. In fact, most people listening, if you didn't know this, nitromethane will not start on its own. You've got to start with alcohol and then switch right, over right. because of how cool it is. <laughs> okay, buddy. I appreciate it. You're Thank the man. You. Kent, I appreciate it very much. Thanks for calling. Let's go to Bob and Loveland. Bob, you're up, sir. Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing? We're doing great. Great. Uh, I got... A question, I've got a 2005 F-250 Super Duty, and just recently uh, I've had trouble with the, the gauge cluster. Okay. The the uh, the gauges would just quit, and the backlighting would quit, the radio would quit, power door locks would quit, and I've done a little bit of research, and they indicate that there's like a, a timer that's a delay timer for the, that can fail, but on the board, and... Uh, there's other components on there, and, you know, that possibly could be it, or even a bad ground. Those were notorious so, for having, just real quick, and they got better as we got into the 05 and later years, but the 03 and 4s especially, and this even went into some of the 05s, but in a, is it a 6-liter vehicle or is it a gas? It, it's a 5.4 gasser. It's 5.4 gas, even still. Uh, those, those did have some known... Uh, wiring harness issues and the thing i think i would look at first is the grounds like you just said and the harness where it comes in through the cab double check to make sure that's good there's no issues there i i and i don't want to sound dumb but i don't know anything about this timer on the cluster and i owned a lot of those trucks over the years i don't know what you're talking about i don't either well supposedly there's like a timer that's integrated into the circuit board like like when you open your door and you, and you close it and the dome light stays on and then till it times out and then shuts off. I thought or those were run off of a body control. The, I, in are, that yeah. year, those are body control modules. Yes. Yeah, and they, had it, they did have some issues. They had with issues those. with those, but that would not be in the gauge cluster itself. That's in the body control module. Okay, interesting. 
Okay, because I found a company that was, uh, uh, it was uh, circuit board docks or something uh, that does repair all kinds of Super, circuit, board. circuit board. medics probably is who that is. It, Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, circuit board medics. Yeah, and they and and by the way, Napa has a similar program. You can take your cluster into Napa, do an exchange with them, and it's a very similar situation to what these guys are doing. Okay, well that's good to know because then I can do that locally. Yes, exactly, and have a, and have a better warrant. No offense against these guys, but a better warranty because it's local through you know genuine parts company versus these guys. Yeah, because I think their warranty was just it was a year. Um, I don't don't know what. Napa offers. Uh, I don't either, but Napa is yeah. a good enough company where, I, I, just like some of the things we've talked about over the years, if you have an issue, they're going to take care of you. It's just who they are. So why we? That's why they're okay, my sponsor. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, I listen to you all the time, and I appreciate your advice. You're very and, welcome. Uh, but and I, on that one, though, I would check the body control control. module before you do anything else. Okay, very good. Uh, appreciate you guys. You're very welcome. And, uh, enjoy listening. Thanks, Bob. Enjoy your show. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for calling. Let's, uh, okay, we can do one more caller before the break. Ray and Littleton, you're next, sir. Hey, John, thanks for taking my call. Great show as always. Thank you. Hey, I've got a 2014 Focus ST. Okay. About 55,000 miles. I haven't had a lick of problems with it. It's just been a great trouble-free car, although I hear many other people have had problems. But my rear struts... They're creaking, you know. Any kind of bump, up or down, they creak. The rear end feels solid, but uh, they just—it's getting louder and louder. Okay. Do you, do you have you isolated it to the strut itself, or could it, you know, could it be, you know, where it that, attaches to the body? Doesn't that have a sway bar in the back? Like that. I think it has a rear sway bar, and the bushings one. back there get dry. Well, what you do is you take, well, I think the way it's mounted, if I can't remember, I'm trying to see it. I thought there was two brackets that held up the in the middle. I'd have to look at a picture. Um, but the bushings get dry, and you just take those brackets down, um, open up. you got to kind of open them up a little bit, spray some rust penetrant in there, and put it back together, and it'll shut it up for a while. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Well, I mean, the car performs well. There's yeah. No, you know, there's no mm-hmm. big rebound or anything off of bumps. It just it creaks, and it's just getting louder and louder. So that kind of makes sense with the bushings. And they yeah. all, and to your point, Ray, they all weren't bad cars. Just, yeah. They got a bad rap because, you know, they built a ton of them, and some people had, you know, more issues than others. I don't, yeah. wouldn't say it's a bad car. It's no. just some, Oh, no, no. I mean, I mean uh, they, they, you're right. They get, uh, especially with the automatic transmissions, which, which weren't mm-hmm. in the S. You know, this car, I've had zero problems Good. with it, and, and I'm pretty happy about Good. it. So. Good. Good and, deal. And, you know, Ray, do the front sway bar bushing, too, because it'll start making noise shortly. Good point. <laughs> yeah. That makes if you, sense once I have it up in yeah. the air. Yeah. Them all. Both. yeah. Yep. Good point. Now, do I actually uh, loosen them up, take it, take off? Take it. I would loosen them up a little bit if you can, and not take it all the way off, and just see if you can squirt, you know, because sometimes the West Penetrants come with the little nozzle extension that you can just spray some stuff in there just slip it in there and spray a little bit yeah that makes a lot of sense guys yeah. all right well listen thank you so much you're very welcome ray no thank you you bet you do the same okay all sounds right. great appreciate it very much ray we'll come right back last segment coming up drive radio klz 560 at napa we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better 
From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to champ. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. As the inventor of windshield repair, Novus Autoglass saves you money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at a repair by acting fast. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack irreparable. For KLZ listeners only, Novus will send you a packet of protective windshield stickers for free. Little pieces of specially designed tape to cover any chips or cracks as soon as they appear like a bandage for your glass. Request your free windshield patches now at klzradio.com forward slash glass. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. klzradio.com forward slash glass. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, last segment. Thank you all for joining us today. We do appreciate it very much. Myself, Dennis Brewster, and uh, Jeff Kitty, of course, with us today, our transmission expert, Charlie Grimes, our engineer, and Larry Unger answering phones. My, uh, Mickey, you're next. What's going on? Hey, I just thought of a whole bunch of names. Let's hear them. Good and bad. Um, well, starting off with your Dodge Demon, there was also the Plymouth Duster Twister, Plymouth Scamp. Who wants to drive a scamp? A scamp. Yeah. Who wants to drive? Okay, Twister. That didn't sell well in the middle. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure that one didn't go very well either. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Plum Crazy for a color. Yeah, they had uh, some interesting names. Yeah, you know, some people love that purple color. I, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Sorry. Well, also, the Echo, E-C-H-O, was a Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a mini car. Um, how, how 
called the Volkswagen Touareg. The Touareg? Touareg. 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 It's a weird, it's a name that nobody can pronounce, as we just discovered. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're named after after a nomadic people in North Africa. Ah, okay. Yeah, that really perks me up. Um, How about the Kia Stinger? It is kind of a sharp looking car. It is a sharp car. Yeah, that one, that one's, yeah, you know, I... Not bad. I mean, I'll give them, I'll give them credit. It's not bad. Well, how about the Hyundai Tiburon? That one nobody could pronounce either. No. I'm not even yeah, going to try. The, yeah, that was another weird one. After a, a Spanish variation of Shark. How, how about the Isuzu Pup? Remember those? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kind of a the pup. Chevy Love, kind of. Hey, fo- hey, let's go take the Pup. What, wait, with the dog, the truck, what are we doing here? How about the Yaris? That's another about- weird one. <laughs> What about the Chevy Love? Yeah, good one. LUV, the Chevy Love. That's a piece of junk, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I had a, back in the 80s, we were four-wheeling, right? And I had my Datsun. Yeah. And we're driving along, and the guy ahead of me had a Love. And yeah. I go, you know what? Datsun built a thing yeah. on clearance. And he goes, well, Chevy built the book, the truck on Love. So <laughs> Here we go. Okay, what, what, about, uh, what about the Chevy Vega? What was a Vega, oh, by yeah. the way? Yeah. That oh. was a planet, yeah. wasn't it? It's a Vega. Vegas. Not Vegas, but the Vega. Well, named after a star, they had high hopes. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay, uh, did I say Tiburon? Yes. Okay, how about the Veloster? Yeah, it's kind of like the Velociraptor. Another one nobody could pronounce right. Yeah. I, I don't know where that name came from either. Yeah. Fast car. Uh, kind of ones I did like was the Diamond Rio trucks. Yeah, they were yeah. good. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, they were good looking too. Yeah, and they, but white, when white bought them out, everybody wants a white truck. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, Banshee. That was a prototype car that Pontiac kept trying to mm-hmm. develop. Well, they bought actually they liked that name so much. They bought it from Fiberfab, the kit car manufacturer, hmm. and it was a nice looking car. But the Banshee was uh, the prototype. Actually, they killed it because DeLorean was going to take sales away from the Corvette. Ah, okay. And they actually used the Bucks from the XP833, which was the, one of the variations of the Banshee line. And that became the C3 Corvette. All righty. Okay, Mickey, I'm going to get a couple more calls in here. Appreciate it. Those are all great. I, I appreciate each and every one of those. That gets us uh, uh, memory lane, probably yeah. the best way to say that. Roger and Ingle, you're next. Uh, thank you. I uh, love your show. Um, GTO came out with a late model, and there was absolutely no distinction to it. And But they still named it GTO. That's right. It was just absurd. And I had that was another Iacocca invention, by the way. Was it? Yes. Yes. Um, I had a buddy that had a Vega, and it was the biggest piece of junk. Yes, they were. I think I have ever. The only way those were any good is when you dropped a small block Chevy in them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> then they were okay. Uh, my question is, I've got a 69 Mustang, all original. It's only got 64,000 miles on it. Good so for you. It sits a lot. But all of a sudden, I cannot get, I mean, it runs fine, but I, I put it into gear and it kills it. What, where do I go or what, what could that be? 
Damn. kills it. And, and back, by the way, before I forget, I made a mistake, too. It wasn't iCoke. It was DeLorean, by the yeah. way, that actually came yeah. up with the GTO. I want to make sure I corrected myself. And, and on your Mustang, I don't, I don't know, uh, Roger. Um, is the torque converter locked up? Is it automatic yeah, or standard? Yeah, it's sticker automatic. It's automatic. Yeah. Those don't have lockups. That's not no. it. I mean, I can't. If it's a bad torque converter, though, could it do that? It could. But they didn't go bad there. No, much. that was, no. Yeah, yeah. I know, that wasn't a common C, thing. Was that C4 and that? What, yeah. what engine's in that, by the way, Roger? Um, 302. Yeah, C4, yeah, C4. yeah, it's not an issue. I, You know, I had the carburetor rebuilt like two years ago and stuff, so I didn't think it would have anything to do with that. Hmm. Uh, if you let it warm up, does it? Yeah, I've let it warm up, you know, quite a bit and stuff. And I did get it to move if I, you know, put a lot of RPMs in it and finally, you know, dropped it in. It didn't. But it's I, I have no idea what could possibly be uh, affecting that. Does it go into gear real hard? Well, not not at low RPM, not when it's just idling. And it it doesn't it jerk. Um, um, well, I don't think so. I mean, all I, I, that sounds stupid. I don't remember that it jerks, but. He's an um, equal. You should go over to Steve. Well, I was just going to say, too, on that one, I can get with Jeff even on this one a little bit, Roger. Why don't you, we're running out of time. Why don't you send me an email, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, run through some of the things we've even talked about, but rehash it. I talked to enough people on a Saturday that, you know, kind of tell me where we're at, what's going on, and I'll help you answer that. And, and between myself, Jeff, even Dennis, we can get involved and see if we can help you out on that one. We'll run out of time today to do, do much further, so I'd love Great to do that. John, thank you so You're much. very welcome, Roger. Mm-hmm. No. And by the way, you can all send me emails, anything you want along those lines, and I can get those out to the right individuals. Just go to the website, drive-radio or drive-radio.com. There's a contact us form there. The website's all been redone. The next car show that we're going to be at on September 11th, and just told me is there as well. So be sure to come out and see us then. Otherwise, guys, we're going to get out of here. Again, Larry Unger, thanks. Francer and Phones, Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Dennis Brewster, thanks, as always. Well, thank you. Appreciate it very much. And, Jeff, thanks for joining us. Been a pleasure. Been a nice great day. everybody. We'll yeah. see you guys all out again at the uh, car show on the 11th. That's going to be out at the address, 9959 Old Wadsworth at the American Legion there. We'll see you there September 11th. Otherwise, I'll be back here Monday for Rush to Reason. You guys have a great weekend. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.